Yeah. What a cool story, huh? Really, really, really awesome. And it fits exactly into our theme of the few weeks we've been talking about levelling up. And Gavin's life story is doing exactly that. And we love that about Elevate Church. And we love that about the people that call Elevate Church their home, that choose to make choices, to level up and to to move into a place where they actually can grow and be more effective, but not for themselves, but for everyone else around them as well, which is so very cool. So I have a question for you. Have you ever been stuck? Have you ever been stuck? And it could be in the literal sense or maybe in the meta, maybe um, in the <clears throat> it's like metaphorical sense maybe. But I have been stuck. One of my greatest fears is to be stuck in an elevator, right? Like freak out mode material, freak out, hate elevators, hate them. And I've always had this fear that I would get stuck in one. Well, what a coincidence. I got stuck in one. Right. And it was a time where I had just finished saying, we had, um, this was years ago, and a friend, well, a colleague actually who became a friend, we worked together um, and we were doing lots of conferences. So we would, you know, um, set up venues and we would um, have like this amazing auditorium filled with people but we would have little rooms and all these kind of things that people could go and do workshops and if the guest speaker was there we would let them have a lovely room and they would all these wonderful things right so that is what we did so our job was to dress the guest speaker's room easy no worries but it was on the sixth floor or something like that so we had like I can I'll never forget I had this stupid stupid idea looked amazing, this stupid big huge vase thing that was clay and I'm not exactly tall so to get leverage for the thing to carry it wasn't great. So you're walking to the place, I'm like, God, who decided this with flowers and all this other rubbish included? So anyway, and I kind of turned to my colleague, he was standing there and I said, oh, look, Jay, I'm... Just so you know, there's a lot of stuff in this elevator. He goes, yeah, dirt, we're not doing 70 trips. I'm like, okay. I just, just putting it out there, I really, really don't like elevators. Like I am really scared of being in there and there's too many things and look, if there's too many people, I, I do, I literally do. I'll go, oh, there's too many, but I'll just wait. And I'm happy to wait 10 minutes sometimes for the crowd to go up so there's maybe only two of us in the elevator. So I'm like, I'm just feeling really like, you know, because ah, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, don't worry about it. Has a bit of a chuckle and goes, oh yeah, whatever. Anyway, lo and behold... <laughs> He just does this little like nudge. Now, it was coincidental, okay, because how could he really have stopped an elevator from moving? But anyway, he kind of does this nudge against the wall and the elevator stops. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, this one's fine. It's going to kick in again. I'm worried. Sorry. Standing there. What? <sighs> Um, can you press that button? He's like, oh, we'll be fine. It's like not, you know, I think we need to press a button. I'm going to be sick. Oh, my God, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to faint. Meanwhile, you know, the elevators aren't big, so I'm trying to pace in this elevator. But there's all this crap in there as well. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. Oh, my gosh, I can't breathe. Oh, my God, we need air. We need air. How long does air last in an elevator? (sighs) I didn't even bring water. Oh, my God, there's no water. I have snacks all the time. I've got no snacks. And I'm bent over this pot ready to hurl in this pot going, I can't do this. Oh, my God, God, I'm going to pee. I have to nervous pee. Isn't that what you do when you, um, I have to pee. How am I going to, I'm stuck in here, can't breathe, nearly faint, have to pee. What are we going to do? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm freaking out. I am thinking, banging the door. Meanwhile, he's standing there. He's got all these 
flowers sticking in front of his face. He's just standing there going, oh my God. And I said, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. This is really serious for me. It's really serious for me. He goes, well, look, this was the time before mobile phones as well. So some of you might be sitting there going, just get your phone out. Well, I'm sorry. There were no phones available, okay? So this was a whole old school screaming help, okay? That's what I had to do. Press the button that didn't seem to work. Anyway, he comes up with this bright idea. I think, truly, I think it was not even five minutes. Right, I sound, it make it sound like it was 41 hours, not even five minutes. Anyway, long story short, then he goes, okay, let's do on the count of three, let's just kind of bend and jump and see if it dislodges this elevator. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is not good. And I said, look, I'm willing to try anything at that point. Between the hyperventilating, fainting, nervous peeing, I need to do something. So I'm thinking, right, okay, I'm good. Ready? One, two, three, jump and it dislodges, stops again. I'm like, no, no, let's do it again, let's do it again. Oh my God, let's do it again, it's moving, it's moving. So we literally are jumping, moving this elevator to the ground floor. The doors open, I throw myself out, the pot goes rolling and I'm like, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. We were nearly gonna die in there. We were never gonna get out. We were like, no one was gonna find us. They couldn't see. And everyone's going, we would have known you were in there because we saw you go up and we wondered, that's a bit of a long time for you to be in there. So something must have been going on. Because meanwhile, our other colleagues were waiting at the bottom with the rest of the stuff. What did Louisa do for the rest of the day? What did she do? Did she go back in that elevator? Hell no. Six flights, I carried those buggers right up that said, I'll do it. I'm up these stairs, down, <laughs> up these stairs. I got so fit that day and I did not care. So now my fear is somewhat validated because I have been stuck in an elevator. But what I do now when I go, I just make sure there's only a few people in the elevator and I hate crowded places. I'm not great with that either. So I go, okay, great. There's only a few. Okay, we'll go in. If people keep piling in, I go, no, no. And I don't care. I'm that embarrassing person. I don't care. There's too many. There's too many. You need to wait for your next round. And they look at me like I'm the crazy person. I'm happy to be crazy, but you're not coming in this elevator. There's too many of us. So yeah, it's a bit scary when you get stuck, isn't it? It's a bit like sometimes you can't breathe when you get stuck isn't it? Well, see, us getting stuck at some point in our lives doesn't have to be an elevator. It can be something else. And it can be equally as debilitating, equally as hard, equally as fearful, and equally as limiting as an elevator's physical position of you not being able to get out. See, for you, it could actually be a career limitation. It could be an illness. It could be a mindset that we've created for ourselves to not move any further because that's about as good as we're going to get. And sometimes I think that's underestimated because we can't see it. So it doesn't seem like it's as valid as a physical limitation. But sometimes they're actually much stronger because they're harder to bust out and harder to break down and harder to push through with those mindsets that sometimes we allow ourselves to get entrenched in. Sometimes it's a toxic relationship. That could be a limitation for us or a place where we get really stuck. So this morning, whatever it is that seems to be your limitation, only you know that. 
we're going to unpack a bit of that today. And we're going to look and see how does that link in with our theme, Level Up. Well, the cool thing about the title of this particular message for today is all about new abilities. And we'll unpack this analogy a little bit more throughout the morning. So we have the opportunity to level up spiritually. We have the opportunity to allow our faith in God unlock and unleash something in us to then make the choice to step into the next phase or level, if you like. And this morning, we're actually going to have a look and see how that is going to be a possibility. Because some of us might not think that it actually is. But there's really cool ways and nifty tools and skills that we can access to actually help us achieve that next level. See, most of our problems, I think, according to, you know, the book of Louisa, fundamentally comes from how we actually relate to God and where we put Him in our life. He can be super close and then our perspective would be quite different. But if He's super far away, our perspective is different again. And I think fundamentally, us as human beings, we're created to be followers of Jesus, to be in the image of God. And where we position God in our life can be a real good indicator about how we actually see things and then how we then act and react to things. So if we have the opportunity to have a clearer perspective of who God is and what He is in our lives, I think we have the opportunity for our the way it outworks to look very different sometimes. Yeah? So the beautiful thing about this topic, it leads in so nicely from last week. And if you weren't here, as I wasn't, listen to the podcast because it frames today's topic really well or today's theme really well. And it talked about, Mark communicated this really clear concept that I picked up on and I really liked. And I want to just hover there for a minute and then we'll continue on. It's our purpose over preference. Well, what does that actually mean? And for me, my reflection was, the clearer I became about my purpose and the decision I made to focus on my purpose my preference really started to diminish. I'll give you an example. These holidays, spent time with my nephew and he wanted to play outside. And it was that, you know that day, I think it was the first week and there was rain, wind, every possibility of element that ruined your life would be in that one day. He wanted to go outside. And at my mum's house, she's got this great undercover area. So you can technically still go outside without kind of getting too wet and rained on and all the rest of it. I'm thinking, oh my God, I really, 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 really don't want to go outside and I don't want to play cops and robbers because I'm always the baddie. I never get to do the arresting or the stick them up stuff, nothing. He always has to be the policeman, always, always. He's got the little hat and everything and I have to pretend I'm going to jail for something, I don't know. And it's like, I always have to be the baddie as well. I want to be the goody for once. So I wasn't in the mood really to do that. Anyway, he was like, oh, Zia, please play with me. Please play with me. And I'm like, oh. So 
What did I do? Did I stay inside or did I go outside? What did I do? I went outside, didn't I? I didn't stay inside. Now, my preference was to stay inside. I was trying to talk him into watching a movie. Oh, don't you really want to watch Cars 3 for the 300th time again? Don't you want to do that? I want to do that. Don't we want to sit inside in a blanket and get all cosy? I want to do that. Nosier. Oh, great. Okay, we're going outside then, aren't we? It's fantastic. But my point is this. See, my purpose in life as an auntie is to do everything I can to ensure that this child has the fullness and richness in life, experience the things that he can to be creative, to go out there, to take life with both hands, to do those things. I feel like that's my purpose. Now that understanding helped me make the decision to move into going for my purpose rather than my preference. I chose to say, well, you know what? You know, I could be inside, I could be watching the movie, but my purpose is to help him become all that he needs to be as a human being. So I'm actually going to choose that, not my comfort of my preference. Another example is we have a youth team. They gather every Friday night, our youth leaders and our youth peeps. Now, I can guarantee you that their preference would be to go home after work because it's been a long week. Lots of stuff has happened. And I can guarantee you that their preference would be to go home or hang out with their mates or watch a movie or have a hot shower, have a hot meal, particularly in winter, snuggle in, watch a movie as well and not have to kind of crank it up kind of for part two of the day because they've already fulfilled a full day of work. But purpose drives their motivation and action because what happens is they rock up here early they get together as a team. They brainstorm and further talk about what they've already planned, made sure that everything's set up, ensure that there's a pack-up set up, things laid out, things done, things that are working. They're ensuring that does the kids feel safe. Do they feel comfortable? Are they going to enjoy it? All those things because their purpose in life is to build a generation that understands that they are cared for, that they're loved and they're important. And they prefer to stay home, but their purpose drives them to come to this place every Friday night and present a program that is going to change the lives of kids and it already is. So to me, that's a big challenge in my life. What is my purpose over my preference? And it leads into very nicely what we're going to unpack further today. So, Let me scroll down. The question I have for us is, what does God want to use you in? How does He want you to affect your environment, the people that you influence or the things that you are involved in? What does God want you to do? Not Louis to do, you to do. You don't have to be a professional Christian. You don't have to be understanding and knowing stuff for the you know, last 30 years. This is a really simple question that we get to unpack today. What does God want you to do? See, how can our lives spiritually come alive? How can they? 
See, we all have our own spiritual abilities. They're already in us. They're already sitting there. Some of us have accessed this and some of us haven't. Some of us have done things that have caused these abilities to come to the surface and some of us are really still unaware of what it might be. And the great thing about stepping into the things of God is we get to unpack those abilities. It's a little bit like playing Super Mario Brothers, right? Really, when we think about it. If you want to get to the next level, you've got to level up. Duh. Even Pac-Man or any of these. My favourite was Mortal Kombat. I love that one. It's an old school, but I love it. It was awesome. K.O. So you had to do things to get this, well, to gather stuff to then kind of annihilate your enemy or move to the next level. And the reality is you would have to have done a few little bits like running and jumping and all these things and fighting or whatever. And then once you've gotten to that next level, it unlocks something, doesn't it? You might see the stars at the top, bling, 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 and you can grab them down and use them, right? So it's a little bit like our spiritual abilities. They're already in us. They're already there. They're already designed and waiting for us to unpack and unlock them and use them. And that's God's agenda for us today, to understand what those might be and start the journey, if we haven't already, unpack and unlock those abilities to use them, to level up, to become more effective for yourself, but for the wider community. Because ultimately, that's the reason for these gifts. And that's why God's designed us to have that superpower, that God power to allow us to move further faster or allow us to impact more or allow us to access more or allow us to see people's hearts on fire for Jesus. That's really important. Now, I want to qualify this. Each character within the game has a different ability though and different skills. So Donkey Kong isn't the same as Super Mario or Luigi, hey. They're different characters. They still have to play their part of the game. They still have to do what they need to do, but they are unique in what they do and they level up accordingly. So whatever Donkey Kong skills are, I don't know. Mark was saying like pick things up and throw things down. Barrels, barrels. Throw barrels, pick barrels up, throw more barrels, pick barrels up. That might be his only gift of skill, but that's okay. Be a really good barrel thrower. (laughs) Do that really well because that is your sweet spot. That is your ability and that is what God wants you to access. So over here, Luigi might be, I don't even remember what they even do these days. But for argument's sake, he might be a really fast driver. I don't know. And he's really good at that. Now, he's only going to be able to do that if he accesses the abilities within that then enables him to do what he needs to do. I want to jump back a little bit and qualify. You do understand that these games, the Creator has baked these things there already before the games even started. Do you understand that? They're already there. So he doesn't have to go on and throw things. They're already there. When you pick up that game, before you even plug it in, everything within that packaging is there ready to go. 
All we have to do, seems quite simple, doesn't it? Switch it on, power it up and start playing. And when we start playing, we're putting our shoulder to the wheel and we're actually accessing those abilities throughout the game. What's the ultimate of that? I'm going to read a scripture. Sorry, Johnny, I'm jumping all over the show. So we're going to go to slide, um, I think, three. No, we're going to jump to the next one. It's the a spiritual gift is given. Yeah, awesome. So I want us to read this from the book of Corinthians. And this is a really awesome blueprint of us unlocking our new abilities. How does that look with God? How does that equate with us? Let's read. A spiritual gift, or I would like to put in brackets, a new ability is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the gift gives the ability, sorry, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, there's a lot of churchy words in there, okay? And that's cool and I understand. And that's where Google becomes your best friend. Because what I do, if I don't understand a word, and I teach my kids this at school all the time, get your little tablet out or your phone, type in the word and start to research. It's a very good skill to have. And those are some of the things that you can start to research if you're unfamiliar with those words. Because I get it, some of us may have never heard these before and that's okay. But the one thing I want us to take this very seriously is the first line. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Okay? So the new ability that you have to unlock if you haven't already is used so we can help each other. And then it goes on to list all the different abilities, a little like my point earlier. Luigi, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Miss Pac, whatever they are, are all different characters, have all different abilities within the game and do different stuff. So, similar to us, we all have different abilities and different gifts and where to use them accordingly and access them to use to be effective for the wider community. Now, the question is this. Well, that's great, Louis, but what do you mean? I don't even know. I've never heard what a spiritual gift is. It's never even come into my orbit. Well, don't worry. Have I got an answer for you? Yes. Because I want to show you something. Now, if you go to our Elevate app, if you have it, my phone's a bit small, I'm sorry, but there might be something there. There you go, similar. 
At the bottom, there's a little Vespa and it says more. You click on that and it comes up like this. Okay. And then the last little item says spiritual gifts assessment. You click on that. Okay. Now that there is a link to starting to dip your toes into doing a bit of a gift analysis. Now, what this is, is a whole series of questions that you can go and answer and you can start to look and see how the answers formulate with what kind of resonates the most with you. So they're going to be a whole variety of different questions. Some are really easy to understand. Some are a little bit more complicated if you kind of haven't, you know, been around church circles for a while. Again, Google. Google is a great thing because it helps unpack what it is we're actually looking and researching, okay? So once you've done that, it then comes out with results. Now, not every single spiritual gift on the planet is in there. It's a very light version. So it kind of is a really good start to dip your toes in and actually have a bit of a look and see what's there if you are interested. Now, I did this years ago and I did this, gosh, when I was in my early 20s, when we, again, really similar situation. The communicator was up here talking about accessing what God has for us and how we can do that and what are the... Opportunities, And I did an analysis years ago. And funnily enough, it's kind of been pretty true to form, although it has gone a bit up and down because I'll tell you why. So for me, I have three and they're like supercharged gifts. So everybody to qualify, is this making sense? Everybody has responsibilities as followers of Jesus. Everyone has to do certain things that are just the way things are for life, like choosing to pray or choosing to actually share our, you know, story with people, being kind and loving and compassionate and merciful and graceful. All those things, we all kind of have to do those things. But these, what we call spiritual gifts or new abilities, are like a bit of a extra charge in our Christian walk. They give us the opportunity to do things in our sweet spot, to actually access what is naturally coming from our personality or our experiences and actually add a layer on there that then is further effective. Does this make sense? Yeah? Okay. So now, the thing that was really significant to me, and then this will kind of finish up with this story and then I'll give you a bit of homework. Oh, what? Well, yes. What do you think this is? Just sitting here having a cup of coffee? No. I'll be making sure that I'll be checking everyone's phones and all these other things next week. Don't you worry about that one. Stand at the door. Show me your homework, I'll say. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> so Nelson's like, no, I have enough homework at school. I don't need any more. Um, so the deal is, for me, what happened is I was kind of I have always been creative and always that kind of stuff. But what really opened my eyes was this thing called exhortation. And it's a fancy word, but all it means is massive encouragement, okay? And that was one of my top three, to be a real encourager, to make sure that I'm always thinking of the positive, not you know, not always kind of being, oh, yeah, rah, rah, but just trying to bring um, God's spirit into the atmosphere. And that was always something that I wanted to do. So for me, when I found that out from doing my analysis, I was like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense because I love, you know, someone's got, I love your top. You look great in that top. Oh, and I don't say it like a bit of a, oh, just a compliment. I take it on as if I'm, I'm speaking into that person and hopefully giving them a little bit of a supercharge for the day. 
one of our um, other team members here, Anna, she likes to use this term, which I love, fluff your feathers. I love that expression because that's exactly what someone who is in an exhorter does. It actually allows us to fluff our feathers and feel like that we can kind of take on more than we're probably feeling at that moment or what we're doing. Now, to be honest, I probably haven't been using that gift as much as I used to because life got busy, couldn't be bothered. I let things get me a little bit bitter or whatever. The point I'm making is the gift is still there. It hasn't gone. I unlocked it a very long time ago but I need to make sure that I'm keeping that new ability really sharp and clean. So when I come into wanting to go to the next level, we'll find out what that is again next week. I can do it because I'm using those gifts and abilities appropriately to continue to refine them, to continue to grow them, continue to use them to be effective for the wider community. Make sense? So your gift that God has given you is for you, which is awesome. But more importantly, it's for those of us, the body of Christ, to add your part of the jigsaw to make this community effective to demonstrate the very heart of Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, what is that? What is the very heart of why we choose to be followers of Jesus? Because we wanna extend the opportunity for eternity We want to extend the opportunity to have mercy, to have grace, to have forgiveness, to have those things that allow us to be in union with Him. That's why we do this. That's why we work so hard. That's why we decide to say, why why are we talking about what we're talking about? Our life isn't to just be sitting down in our pews It's not about that. Our life isn't just to be sitting in our office cubicle and surfing the internet or Facebook or following or finishing that final document. That is not what we were designed to do. Yes, it's part of who we are and what we do, but at the end of the day, why are we on this planet? Why has God positioned us and planted us for such a time as this? Why has He given us the opportunity to walk the earth today? What is it? What is your story going to look like? When you have that cappuccino with Jesus at the end of your days when you're in heaven, what are we going to say to Him face to face? And that's something for you and him to think about and talk about. But I would like to present an idea that our job as followers of Jesus is continue to be refining ourselves in his image, presenting the truth of his word and ensuring that we're bringing as many people along this journey with us. So while we're doing what we're doing, we're equipping ourselves to be more effective to impact the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you so much for your word and your truth. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And no matter where we are along this journey, whether we're close to you or whether we're far from you, 
Today, Lord Jesus, I declare that this house is a house that permeates your spirit, that this house is a house that has Jesus at the very centre, that this house is a house filled with your love, your grace and your mercy. And God, today, I pray that we all, whether we've, like I said, been super close to you or super far from you, I pray that today is another day in our journey as followers of Jesus or people who don't even know you yet. Father, I pray that we just step forward. We move forward. We nudge forward in the things that you have for us. I want to pray specifically right now for people who have been following you for a very long time. Lord, I pray that you ignite further in hearts a spirit to spur on, to level up, to choose, to be effective for you further than we already are. I pray that this morning, as we've heard what some what seem a very simple message, that you would spur us on to step into the further things that you've called us to do. That we don't shrink back, but we have a confidence to be able to take on this next season that you have presented before us. And then for the second bit, Father, I want to pray for people who don't know you, who have never really had an encounter with you, who don't understand who you are, Jesus, just yet. Well, I want to pray for those people. And I want to pray that today is a day where hearts are enlightened. Eyes could see you and ears have heard your voice today through how we've sung and communicated and spent time together. And I want to take a step further that if there's anybody here that would like to say, yes, I actually want to follow this person, Jesus, I'd love to pray for you. All I'm going to ask you to do is slip up your hand and then I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to have a quick look from the left to the right. And if that's you, awesome. And if that's not, cool, I'm going to pray anyway. Awesome. Father, I just thank you for your truth and your word. And I thank you as we continue to walk on this journey that you continue to meet us and draw us into a place of intimacy and relationship with you. Amen.